Since last Saturday, all of us will have seen the tragic images that has been coming out of Israel. And it's difficult to understand and to think that in this year, 2023, such barbarity and savagery can still happen in human civilization. It's heart-wrenching to see some of the videos. Women with little children butchered and massacred. Innocent people going about their business, slaughtered. And you begin to wonder how Humanity is capable of that cruelty to fellow humans. How it's possible. You can't even kill a cow like that. You can't even slaughter animals like that. What is it about the humanity that is so capable of such cruelty to babies, infants, And it's difficult to comprehend and understand. What is it about us humans that we're so capable of noble things, but the same human heart can do horrible things to fellow humans? And I know with the way things go in our world, it is possible for someone to easily lose faith in humanity. With all of the troubles globally, it is possible for anybody to easily believe, yes, that global peace and global harmony is just, um, is just a phantom. Now, whatever you feel, and everybody across the whole world feels it's legitimate. And that's precisely the kind of dark cloak that was hanging over biblical Israel in the time of Isaiah. All of the attacks from Assyria. And so the biblical Israel was in a dark mood, just like the whole world in the past few days has been so saddened. And out of the darkness, in that biblical history, in that history of the time, Isaiah prophesies our first reading tonight. And I think this prophecy of Isaiah is not just true 2,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago. But it is actually very true for all of us tonight. The prophecy of Isaiah in our first reading this evening is a reassurance that humanity is good, that humanity is noble, 
and that humanity is capable of the divinity in which God has created us humans. Because he created us in his image and likeness. Isaiah tells us in the first reading tonight that human life and humanity is redeemable. And that indeed, the redemption grace has been poured out on humanity. And that's why, let's look at a few sentences that really stand out in that prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah says, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples. That the Lord is going to set a banquet of wine and juices for all nations, Jews and Gentiles, Israelis and Gazans, Palestinians and Americans, Russians and Ukrainians. That's the prophecy of Isaiah. That the day of the Lord comes when the whole world will come together in unity and in love. Isaiah goes on to say, On this mountain, he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples. Whatever dark cloak that covers the human eyes, Isaiah says, the veil of hate, the veil of racism, the veil of genderism, the veil of sexism, the veil of corruption and discrimination, and the list goes on and on, that covers the human cloak, human eyes. Isaiah says he will destroy the darkness and pour out a new beginning, a new heart, a new grace. And then finally, in that first reading, Isaiah says, For the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. That image of the mountain is the image of a new world. A world where God is now the center. And all human beings and every knee must bow. And every tongue must confess of that new salvation that God is bequeathing on humanity. And so there is hope. There's hope. We will not be pessimistic about human humanity. That's precisely what the gospel now expands on, where Jesus talks about banquet. He picks on the banquet of Isaiah. That a, a man, a king, now sets a, a huge banquet for his son, sends out servants. Mind you, the parable is figurative. The king is, is God himself. The son is Jesus. The servants are the prophets, the missionaries, the priests, the deacons, all of us, everybody. And he says, go, call those who've been invited. And all of them give different reasons as to why they weren't going to attend the wedding. 
And the master says, you know what? All right, go out anywhere. Get me anybody, anyhow. Bring anyone. And the gospel tells us they went out and brought the good, the bad, the ugly, the short, the tall, everybody, who, who, who. And they were like, oh, yeah, we got a party going on here. Of course, there's a message behind it. That at God's table, all our differences will dissolve. On God's table, the things that divide us as a world, as a people, as a nation, all of them will dissolve. At God's table, that you are conservative Republican, or the other is a ultra-crazy liberal Democrat, all of them will dissolve at God's table. At God's table, that the Senate can get along with the Congress, and we're still figuring out who's going to, who's going to be our speaker, who's going to, we are fighting back and forth, all of them will dissolve. Because only one thing we reign, the will of God. And that's the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom of heaven. That everybody will be seated. And that is the reign of unity. And that is the reign of peace. But God wants only one thing from us tonight. A basic transformation. He doesn't want too much. Just basic transformation. And that's why in the parable... The master looks at the man who was not dressed in the, in the required garment and he say, Hey, dude, what are you doing? How do you get in here? And the man was silent because he knew the master was right. And he says, No, at least the least you can do is to clean up and prepare yourself for this wedding. I have invited everybody, but at least you have some basic responsibility to transform. And that's the heart of our question tonight. Am I determined to res and resolved to a basic transformation? Are you determined to some basic transformation? To dissolve the hate in my heart? Dissolve any hate in your heart? Am I determined to see the other as brother and sister regardless of political affiliation? Am I determined to see the other as an image of God, regardless of how he or she looks, whether rich or poor? Am I determined to love as God would? And that's the transformation. But finally, we know we can't, as humanity, as a world, we can't get there without God's grace. And that's why finally... In our second reading, Paul gives us very basic assurances. And look at what Paul says. In every circumstances and in all things, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. That regardless of the pain and the frustrations and the pessimism in our world and the cynicism in our world, Paul says, in Christ Jesus, we can do 
anything because he strengthens us. And then finally, Paul tells you this and tells me and reassures us. My God will fully supply whatever you need in accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And that's our, that's our hope. That God takes care of everything. You know, when I was little, there was this song we used to sing when we were very small. He's got a whole world in his hand. He's got a whole world. And I think it's true. Regardless of the chaos, the tragedy, the, the inhumanity, the cruelty, God does indeed have the whole world in his hand. And let us continue to pray for peace in our world and for the love of God to reign and pervade all hearts of men and 